Supply chains today constantly require the need to be highly adaptable, agile, and responsive while simultaneously being innovative, sustainable, and cost-effective. But how does this happen when your supply chain is continuously evolving? Welcome to Supply Chain Picks, a collection of podcasts by DHL Supply Chain, featuring subject matter experts across Europe, Middle East, and Africa who bring you logistics insights to help understand, predict, and respond effectively to the trends and challenges facing your logistics supply chain. Hi, I'm Claire Lanou, Vice President for Business Development in e-commerce within DHL Supply Chain. I'm delighted to be hosting this podcast with Marcus Werker. We're going to be focusing today on B2C e-commerce fulfillment operations. It differs indeed from B2B, and what's really interesting is for us to discuss today about how they differ from B2B operations, but also about the role of automation, the technologies that actually come into play, the challenges of running e-com operations, and possibly the other considerations for running you know, an e-commerce fulfillment operation. And with me, I'm delighted to be talking to Marcus Wecker. Marcus, please, would you introduce yourself? Thank you, Claire. Yeah, my name is Marcus Wecker. I'm the Chief Operating Officer for DHL Supply Chain in the Europe, uh, Middle East, Africa region. And happy to be interviewed today. Thank you. Marcus, let's deep dive in. Let's talk about the key differences that exist between a traditional warehouse and a warehouse that focuses on B2C fulfillment. Can you tell me what these key differences are, please? Sure. I mean, from outside, you know, for those listening and, and, and watching, uh, they might look the same, but uh, I can tell you inside there is there's a lot of differences. Uh, and I think it all starts with the delivery touch point with the consumer being a critical touch point for our customers. And that starts when the parcel or the package is packed and that starts inside the warehouse. So the way the product looks, the way the product smells, even the way the product feels when you touch it, the, the just the quality of the, of the product as it is presented by, uh, when it, when it arrives at the doorstep, this is where it starts. And that's the key difference. And then. There's a whole host of other differences. Naturally, we have more single picks and carton picks as opposed to pallet picks. Many of our warehouses have mezzanine floors, several mezzanine floors even because we have smaller items. Our warehouses need uh, dock doors or gates that are catered for vans, not only for trucks. Um, from the way we interact with our customers, um, we move away from the traditional batch processing of orders where you receive a batch of orders once a day, or you have a have it once a night, we move into a continuous flows of orders as the customers order things online, the order arrives at our warehouse and needs to be needs to be picked. We need to be dealing with different couriers or parcel networks, we need to respect their cutoff times. Um, certainly when it comes to services like same day. Um, in is a tendency, I would say we also need more people because we have you have a more granular picking activity and picking is where we have also most of our employees working. Um, on the other hand, I would say the recipient specific processes are no longer a thing. 
So most of our B2B customers, they have special processes for each of their customers. I think when it comes to uh, delivering to consumer, um, the consumers are in a way equal. They need to get their parcel or their their shipment in, a, in an immaculate way next day or the day after next day. Um, but we don't necessarily make a make a difference. Um, and the last thing I would probably mention is that returns is no longer an exception process. Returns is part of the service offering. Uh, and in the traditional B2B warehouses, you know, the, the returns are somewhere in a dark corner, is something you try to avoid, and is something that, you know, people might not talk about. Uh, and in, in an e-fulfillment warehouse, is very different. Returns is an integral part of the value offering or could become actually a standalone service to DHL renders. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I recognize in all the discussion that I have with customers um, that indeed the point that you've brought up here, and I think the majority of our customers are very much understanding the fact that it's not the same, you know, uh, fulfillment process. Um, can you tell me in terms of the automation, automation is very much a it's not only a buzzword, it's a reality today. Where does where does automation play a role into e-fulfillment operations, Marcus? Yeah. So I think traditionally, again, thinking thinking back at, at a traditional B2B warehouse, you have basically two types of warehouses. You have the fully automated warehouses and the manual warehouses. Fully automated has been a thing for a long time. You have automated uh, pallet storage and retrieval systems, even dark warehouses where the pallet disappears and, and comes out on the other end. Um, the disadvantage of those full automations were long payback time. And then normally also you are quite constrained with respect to what the warehouse can do. So once you invest into your automation, you, you invest a lot of time and a lot of money. You need a lot of, you need a lot of years of operation until it pays back. And the moment the shipment profile changes, there's nothing you can do. So clearly there is a unit cost advantage, but there is also disadvantages. And in the last five to eight years, we have seen, let me say, lighter touch automation technologies emerging, um, requiring less investments, also being available in more flexible models, um, like, uh, you know, peak, peak rental models. And that, I think, in combination with the trend of growing e-fulfillment, um, these two things go, go very nicely together. Um, we see, obviously, a growth in e-commerce. We see a growth in light-touch automation technologies like, like picking assist, assisting robots. Um, and these two trends, I would almost say, they amplify each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was talking to a customer recently, Marcus, where they were effectively wanting to fulfill a European market. And initially their thought was they were going to fulfill from Germany, which they understood with their volume was going to warrant some automate, automation. And, you know, I think what they realized is effectively the flexibility that you've just pointed out around the change of profile made them rethink the location. So yeah, absolutely. I understand the point that you're making. And then within the location, once we have assisted picking robots installed, we can add easily more or less to cater for peak. And that is something that was certainly not possible with a traditional 
mechanization or automation solution. So effectively, you use the picking robots to, you know, to ease the pain of picks and the uplifting headcount that effectively is required for that? Yeah, I mean, that's a, I think the biggest challenge we face is finding people in many, many markets. This is not only selected to or selective to key markets, but in most of the markets we operate, we can't find the people or we have challenges finding the people. So not only does it make the workplace more attractive, we also need less people to cope with the growth. And as a result of that, certainly assisting picking robots, just to name one technology, has become an integral part of the way we do e-fulfillment. Okay, yeah. And are there any other challenges, not effectively, you know, the ability to find people that are actually faced by companies who want to go into e-fulfillment and selling online? Yeah, I mean, I, I just mentioned one technology, but in reality, we often use a combination of different technologies. Um, mastering and orchestrating different technologies is, in, in our experience, much more difficult than just implementing one technology. But we obviously have different parts of the warehouse requiring different uh, processes and different uh, technologies. So orchestrating them to cater for a a smooth flow of products through the warehouse is the second challenge I would mention. And then the third one, um, coming back to what I said at the beginning, the B2C fulfillment is a customer touch point. So the way the product looks, the way the product smells, the way the product feels um, is also important. So certainly from a warehouse operation point of view, we need to up the game on, on our own capabilities in that regard. And uh, I would guess as well, you're, men you're mentioning the high quality expectations of the consumers. I'm guessing there is also obviously the high expectations in terms of service delivery. So I know, I think I was, um, if I was reading some, you know, some reports recently, and there is a 47% abandonment of the cart. If indeed the product is not going to be delivered within the timeline that the customer expects. So yeah, it is, you know, obviously a very real um, and yeah, very real and tangible challenge for, you know, organizations. Yeah. And I think you and I will probably be also consumers and we know exactly what's happening when we, when we shop online. I think everyone is. We've, we've touched on automation. Um, are there other technologies than automation that are hot in your world at the moment in DHL supply chain? Yeah, so, so I mentioned assisted picking robots, and I think the other two I would mention is um, in the robotic transport, certainly in the put-away area, so we receive goods, often goods are still palletized despite being destined to, to be fulfilled as singles or as cartons, uh, but they arrive in the warehouse as pallets, automating the pallet reception and the put-away is something we are, we are working on. And we use this with forklift uh, or with basically driverless forklifts, if you will. Um, and we subsume that under the title in the robotics transport. And then the, the next hot thing, really, if we want to stick to the term, is um, a container unloading or trailer unloading. Um, we, we do receive a lot of loose load uh, materials also, especially in the fashion area, fashion industry from overseas. And the container or the trailer is, let's say, not a nice place to work. 
Yeah, often you have one or two people working inside a container. We need to empty the container very quickly. Um, we need to touch every single carton or, or uh, case that arrives. Um, it's normally also a hot uh, environment and also a space constraint environment. So there is a higher likelihood for, uh, for safety incidents. And that's why that's an area we, we really would like to automate. And we are on a good way to, to do that with the help of, um, yeah, of also flexible robots, robots that can recognize the cases themselves, robots that can grab the cases themselves and then put them on a flexible conveyor belt. Um, that's currently in, in proof of concept stage. So we have deployed it or we have, we have, we have it live, uh, but not yet mass deployed, but for e-fulfillment, I'm very, very keen on that technology to work in a scalable way globally. And, and, and those technologies you're talking about, are they, are they DHL technologies or do you work with partners? Yes, we work with partners in all, on all three of them. We have for assisted picking robots, we have two chosen uh, global partners. We have for indoor robotic transport, we are um, on the one end using with or working with our traditional MHE suppliers, but on the other end, we also have a couple of new entrants. And um, I think on that one, it's fair to say the jury is still out. Sometimes we need uh, the capability for high lifts, you know, up to 10 meters high or 12 meters high, even not all um, AGVs can do that. Um, sometimes we need the ability to run autonomously. Not all AGVs can do that. So there we are still working with a, a bigger selection of suppliers. And as far as container unloading is involved, we are working with one supplier um, and we are on a partnership approach to really co-develop and shape that product together. So we are the first uh, logistics provider to use the technology. It's not always very easy to integrate. Can you elaborate a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned integration and um, there is maybe... Uh, you know, two aspects. The first one is the system integration. The systems need to talk to each other. Uh, now, there are specialist companies for that that, that that do that. But the other challenge is also the synchronization, if you will, between our people and the machine. So certain products have to be at a certain place in the warehouse at a certain point. At that same point, a person has to be there, a capable person that knows what to do. Um, in e-fulfillment warehouses, we often receive orders 24-7, so there's a continuous order flow as opposed to a more traditional, you know, batch processing. And so the machine and the humans have to be in sync all the time. Um, and I think that is what I would describe as orchestration. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure this is an art, so... It is, and it's also an expectation we have towards our team leaders. Yeah, so uh, the team leaders on site also have to continuously watch the machine and make sure that the people in their teams are in sync with the machines. And uh, I think if you work in the automotive industry, that is very normal. It has been the case for the last 30 to 40 years, but in warehouse operation and fulfillment, that's maybe a, a theme that has only uh, emerged in the last yeah, five to 10 years. Yeah, so it kind of new different profile of um, responsibilities and BA, uh, well, attributes that we're looking in our team leaders then. I agree, I agree. So we've covered the differences between, you know, 
a traditional warehouse and e-fulfillment operation. Talked about you know the technologies that we can we can use in order to uh, to operate. Um, where does data analytics play into this? Because we know that data analytics is really really important. Certainly to actually make sure that it drives customer loyalty. But from a warehousing and from an e-fulfillment operation point of view, what role does data analytics play? Yeah, if, if I may say that's a foreseeable question. As a COO, wearing my COO hat, I'm, I'm up, obviously very keen to use the data or hungry, as you say, to use the data for what I would call process or data-driven process optimization. So mining the data, mining real-time data that is system-generated to see where process deviations exist and where process optimization potential um, uh, exists. And we have used process mining or data mining in processes also to play back to our customers that, um, you know, the happy flow that we jointly define is not always the flow that the goods eventually take in the warehouse. So that is where yeah, process mining or tools, process mining tools really help us. Um, so for example, you can um, analyze the dwell time of robots or you can analyze the dwell time of an order um, along the process chain. So that's me wearing my COO hat. We can also provide additional services to customers. And that's a bit um, unusual maybe because most of our customers are you know, known brands, they have a well-run e-commerce shop and they have, uh, you know, experience in, in doing e-commerce for a long time. But you will be surprised uh, using the data that gets collected or gathered in the warehouse can provide additional insights to customers. So, for example, lost sales due to stock shortage or um, you can see also the life cycle of a product and the replenishment cycles, and you can provide the customers with recommendation when to start reordering a product because based on the current demand, you can see when it will be uh, exhausted. Um, and so we are currently developing even a data product for our customer uh, customers, which we will call uh, advanced inventory insights. Oh, wow. So there is a lot that we can do. And I'm guessing that this is all about providing actions-oriented insights to our customers. Exactly. So I'm, I'm not talking about a, a dashboard or a visibility tool. I'm talking about a predictive action-oriented tool that can recommend clearly to the inventory manager or the, the web shop manager of our customer what to do next and when. Um, moving on to, you know, just another question with regard to what are the other capabilities that effectively we as a company have got in relation to, you know, e-fulfillment operations? We've talked about, you know, the way that to operate, but I'm, I know because I'm a consumer and you are as well, I know very well that effectively there is a lot of expectation or functionally personalization, you know, value-add services that are required when you place an order. What, you know, what can you do, what can we do as an organization to support our customers and businesses who are selling online? I think there's a whole host of capabilities that we had to acquire or we, we have acquired over the last years. You know, it start, you mentioned personalization. 
think about gift wrapping, think about uh, personalized cards, think about subscription models, um, think about subscription models where you change the product once in a while. So I'm not only talking about the your socks su subscription, but I'm talking about also things like, I don't know, chocolate uh, subscription where you get a different flavor every month. So those are new products that are also enabled through the through the warehouse and clearly we as DHL we, we stepped into that uh, area thinking about returns creating a return repairing a return preparing a return for recycling scrapping a return or refurbishing a return I mean think about circular economy as an overarching trend there's so much more we can do um, so re-commerce is happening, uh, and it's happening uh, certainly in the in the area of consumer electronics, but we see it happening also in the area of fashion. We are the first ones touching the product when it returns, so I think we are well positioned to offer all those services. And then lastly, if I think about first and last mile, obviously DHL is a brand is well known for last mile or first mile services. That's probably most of the viewers and listeners know us for. Um, but something we had to develop as a capability is the ability to orchestrate also different last mile providers or different carriers on behalf of our customers. So customers might have a preference for a certain carrier or customers might have an agreement with a carrier that unfortunately is not DHL, but uh, customers wants to keep them and the ability to orchestrate and to offer a multi-carrier um, to see fulfillment or to see delivery and also returns is a capability we have we have gradually um, built up over the last years. Think about label standards, think about tracking integration, think about performance managing the carrier even if it's if it's ourselves. Um, think about rate management. So there is a lot of things that we can do and we can offer over and above the, the e-fulfillment. Well, well, Marcus, it really sounds as though, you know, there is a lot of knowledge and expertise within, uh, within the organization in order to support companies who are either selling via B2B and B2C channels at the same time from the same warehouse, or whether it's actually a dedicated B2C fulfillment operation. Super interesting. Um, Thank you for your time. It's much appreciated and enjoy your day. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thank you for listening to Supply Chain Picks. If you are a supply chain professional or simply keeping up with logistics trends, please share this with a colleague or a friend. You can find us on DHL.com or connect with us on LinkedIn at DHL Supply Chain.